Who is Jesus? The gospel passages we hear in the Lenten season tell us so much about his identity. And last week, we talked about how Jesus is presented as the the new Adam. Jesus is the new Adam and gives us our authority, our responsibility. He gives us the keys back. Today, the gospel shows us another part of Jesus' identity. Tonight, the word proclaims to us that Jesus is the beloved. Jesus is the beloved. The Father himself, with this voice from heaven, speaks to Peter, James, and John. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. We heard that proclamation of his sonship at the baptism as well before he was sent into the desert to be tempted on our behalf. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus' identity is the one who is beloved of the Father from all eternity. He is the Father's delight. He's the Father's joy. The Father is always looking upon him with such great tenderness because of who he is. When have you felt beloved in your life? When have you felt so beloved from another by, by the way that you're looked upon? In our lives, so much of what we do and what we strive to obtain is so that another might look upon us in a particular way. Our hearts have this desire for attention. Our hearts desire like to be seen. Our hearts desire to be looked upon, not with anger or disgust or, or looked away from in apathy, but our hearts desire is to be looked upon as beloved. You know, a, a few months ago, uh, living at St. Helena's in Minneapolis, uh, there was just this car just kind of like ripping and screeching through the big parking lot between the parish and the, the school there. And uh, Father Marcus, uh, always ready for a fight, like runs out to confront this guy like, what are you doing? Because there's, there's, there are school kids, that, that's their playground, it's the asphalt there. Uh, and so he goes out and stops this guy as he's kind of racing around. He's like, hey, like, what are you doing? Like, there's kids here. We got, got the school. And um, the guy stopped to talk with Father Marcus, but he was, he was so angry. He was like, I don't know why I need to listen to you because I got this, this thing in my life going on. I'm trying to look for work, and this is a problem. And, like, he's, got, he's kind of listing all of his complaints. And Father Marcus just says to him, like, listen, I, I don't know what to say to all that, but I know that... Um, I need to watch out for these kids here. And this young man shot back with such bitterness. Well, who's watching out for me? It's like this pain, deep pain there coming out of like not being beloved. Of things not being in his life the, the way they should if, if there was the attention and the care that he, he's been looking for, whatever that is. You know, here's Father Marcus, the spiritual father. Like, I, I got to watch out for my, my kids. Like, I got to keep them safe. I, I love them. They're my beloved. You know, here's this guy. Who, who's looking out for me? It's a place of great pain. 
So Jesus is the beloved whom the Father delights in, the Father blesses, the Father gives him every good thing. Maybe we can see a little bit of this in family relationships, right? Now, I, this might not be the best way to start, but for me, I'm the last of three kids. So my brother, uh, Chris, is 11 years older. My, my sister, Adriana, is seven years older. And then I came along. And uh, being the last child, uh, my brother and sister will often be like, how did you get to be the beloved son? You, you get away with more stuff. You can stay out later. You get more presents. There's more home videos of you. Like, ugh, how did you get all this, you know? <laughs> they, they, they tell me that. They used to tell me that sometimes growing up. And sometimes we can think that being beloved is like being preferred like over others or like I'm superior. And It's not quite the sense of what this is. It's not like God just loves Jesus more than you and me because we're only human. We, we don't want to go there. Maybe we can go to the, the first reading from, from Genesis, though, where Abraham, who has wanted a son for his whole life, and, and he and Sarah are, are barren, he's given Isaac in his old age. His one son, the promise. And of course, Abraham, all of Abraham's affection is for Isaac. He's, he's got nowhere else to give it. Like All of his affection, all of his attention, all of his care is for Isaac. So much love there, so much delight there. In fact, when, when uh, he begins to begin the process of sacrificing him with this test of God, the angel stays his hand and God says, do not do the least thing to your boy. I know now how devoted you are to God since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. It's like for, for Isaac, all of his father's attention was on him all of his delight. And for Jesus, in a way, infinity times that. God, the Father from all eternity, has such love and devotion and care for his Son. And when he takes flesh and goes on earth and, and does his ministry, that care for his beloved, that attention, his eyes on him, never leaves him. The Father's attention is always on his beloved Son. Such a beautiful way to, to contemplate this Lent and what this means for us. Because what this means for us, brothers and sisters, is not just that Jesus is amazing and beloved and we're like second rate. It's not just God, that God sometimes looks on us and is like, oh, I'm going to bless you today, but tomorrow I got a million other people to bless, so, you know, I'm going to go over here. Our identity in Jesus is different than when we were born. We have a new identity that you and I are the beloved. We enter into Jesus' own relationship with our Heavenly Father. Not as secondary, not as surplus, not just as like bonus brothers and sisters who get fewer perks and less, and less time out uh, at night. That's not what it is. We actually share all of the love and delight and the blessings that the beloved Son from all eternity receives. We're inheritors of heaven. We're, we're possessors of the Father's love. We, we always have His attention. We always have His delight upon us. You don't have to earn it. This is the good news of the gospel that, that so much of our lives we live trying to find the love of someone else, trying to get someone to pay attention to me. Do you love me? Are you going to take care of me? Am I pleasing to you? 
Am I, am I enough? But now you are the beloved in and through Jesus Christ. And you don't need to fight for that anymore. It's the gift the Father gives to you. It's the love and delight he always lavishes upon you. He loves you. He, he, he enjoys every day watching you. Sometimes like a, like a little child at play who we just rejoice in just seeing, doing, doing their simple little things. Sometimes the Father watches you and enjoys the, seeing you, how you want to serve and take care of the people around you. Sometimes when we're just suffering and crushed, the Father looks upon us and, and doesn't spurn us. And maybe doesn't take away the suffering at that moment, but just says to each of you, the beloved son, the beloved daughter, just says to you, son, daughter, I see what you're going through. I see you carrying the cross. I, I, I see you battling temptation. Yes, I, I even see you falling sometimes. And, and son, daughter, I, I love you. I have not looked away. You're, you're in my eyes always. You because you're my beloved. I saw this so beautifully on Friday morning where I went to the funeral of my first pastor as a priest. Father Bob Schwartz passed away. Uh, we overlapped. He was my first pastor for a short time at Our Lady of Grace. I was about 80 years old. Um, the funeral uh, was there at Edina with uh, all of our bishops and, and many priests. And I had many uh, just beautiful memories of knowing Father Bob and for my first year of priesthood, but when we took his casket outside after the funeral, we, we went down the, the long hallway out of the church. We went into kind of the carport where the hearse was pulled up, and the, the playground for, for that school at Our Lady of Grace is really just like right outside the church doors. They've got this field that kind of goes out with a, uh, like a soccer field, and there was all these kids who were playing like right at that moment that we escorted Father Bob's casket out and opened the door of the hearse, and like almost like instantaneously, I don't know how this happened. Maybe they, maybe they even tell the kids to do this, but all the kids stopped playing as they saw the, the casket come out and all these priests and people. And, and they ran right up against the edge of the grass, maybe like 50 feet away from the hearse. And all these little kids, like second grade on down to the munchkins, they just lined up and they folded their hands. And some of them knelt down they were on their knees in the mud as Father Bob, who they never even met, uh, is, his body is put into the, the, the hearse. And it was actually the most moving part of the entire day for me because I, I was thinking of this gospel, thinking, Lord, these kids don't even know Father Bob. They don't know his story. They weren't here when he was pastor. They never, they never met him. They probably never even heard about him. And nonetheless, when they reverenced his body coming out and they prayed, that was our Heavenly Father saying one more time to Bob Schwartz, I see you. My eyes are upon you. And even, your, even these little ones, these little innocent ones, they will give witness that you matter. Even in your death, that you're seen. such an amazing moment of, of grace at the end of someone's life to be seen, to be beheld, to be known 
as beloved by the Father. You are the beloved. You haven't earned it. You haven't bought it. It's not that you're above other people, but God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and die for us and to rise for us and to ascend for us so that you could share that same relationship that Jesus has with the Father. That's your life now. That's who you are now. You don't need to doubt it. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to fear, does God see me? Does he care? Uh, am Am I noticed? Does he love me? It's already been answered. And even when you die, there may be little ones who never even met you through them, God is, is reverencing you and loving you once again and saying, I see you right now. Come to me. I talked about who Jesus is as the beloved. I talked about what this means for us and our identity that you and I are now the beloved in Jesus. And now finally, how do we bring this into our Lenten journey somehow? What do we do with this for Lent? Well, I would suggest to you that as those apostles looked upon Jesus in the transfiguration and saw his glory and beheld his, beheld his goodness and his belovedness of the Father, that in some way they began to become what they beheld. They became what they saw. And so as we look upon the Father with our hearts during this Lent, as we receive what it means to be the beloved, then for Lent it means that we ought to have that same look for others. To how we look upon others in our life, our family, our neighbors, strangers, people at a funeral, people at a wedding, that we ought to have the same desire to look upon them with something that says, you matter. You're the beloved. God pays attention to you and I'm going to honor that by how I look upon you, how I see you. That's something that we can ask for in prayer and begin to receive, to put into others with our own eyes, our own hearts, to testify to them, you are the beloved, that God sees you and is close to you. To, to look at someone, and even with a smile, to say from the heart, it is good that you exist. It's good that you are. And that may be our only interaction with that stranger in the rest of our lives or for that week. It may be our only positive interaction with maybe a relative that day because things are, are maybe challenging or things are maybe a little bit tough. But in that moment, to look upon others as the Father looks upon Jesus and looks upon us. In this moment, I testify, it's good that you exist. You are the Beloved. The more we claim this truth in Jesus, the more our very flesh and the very way we look upon others will change. Jesus is the beloved. You are now the beloved. You share his relationship with the Father. Now go and testify to all that they too are beloved by God.